This is Good Morning Mumbai with Rishi K. Brand new day, brand new week, and Saurabh Mittal, my finance expert, has been handholding us through the years. Here he is on the telephone line. Hey, how's your weekend? All good, Saurabh? All well, Rishi. Thank you so much. Saurabh, should the relationship between the economy and the stock market matter to our individual personal investment outcomes? It's a great question, Rishi. So you know, let me just give you a little bit context on this. You know, a couple of weeks back, CNBC 18's Lata Venkatesh created a video. about why is it so happening that people are not able to understand that the economy is not really picking up while the stock markets have really bounced back and the video really went viral and what it essentially explained is that although economy is down but markets are forward looking and they are only a tiny part of overall economy so although economy is not good but you can still expect markets to go if the market participants feel that in the future economy will pick up now unfortunately too many folks misunderstood they said that markets are currently underpriced and they should actually buy it but that's not what it meant you know so let me just give you an analogy that you know, if i'm traveling from bombay to pune it doesn't really matter as to you know what my speed or what my journey is if i've really rightly estimated what my destination is and i have kept in enough buffer to reach my goal or reach my destination at the desired time I would encounter various traffics and various breaks but ultimately if I have accounted for them I will reach to my destination and it doesn't really matter how much time did I take and how much break did I take but ultimately what matters is if I am reaching my destination or not so same way what matters to all of us is whether we reach our financial goals or not rather than trying to evaluate ongoingly basis as to how economy is doing and whether markets are cheap or expensive yeah that's a very good example the mumbai pune express way so what's your recommendation then So all we're saying is that there will be good days in market and there will be bad days. What matters is how we reach our goal rather than the short-term attributes. All we are saying is that all of us are in a race. In a race, what is important is not to win the race, but what is important is to complete the race and achieve our goals. Well said. Let's have your quotable quote for the day. So it's a great quote from William Gilmore Sims. He says, "I believe that economists put decimal points in their forecasts to show they have a sense of humor." <laughs> <laughs> Buddy, buddy, if we want uh, more information from you, if we want to invest, where can we reach out? You can put a mail to me. My ID is saurabh at cwa dot co dot in. I'm also on Twitter. My handle is saurabh s mittal. Let's speak tomorrow. Bye bye. Bye. This is Good Morning Mumbai with Rishi K. My astute and wise finance advisor Saurabh Mittal is back on the show. Here he is on the phone line. Hey, I hope your family, your friends, and colleagues are safe and healthy, Saurabh. Good morning to you all. Well, thank you so much, and hoping the same for you and all our listeners. Thanks very much. Scriptwise disclosure of gains in tax returns. Will you just give us an introduction to that, please? Yeah, I mean, so IT department has come with this dictate of having disclosing all your transaction details when you are filing returns for claiming capital and you have taxation in your capital gains. So this has created a bit of stir as to will it be required to disclose all the details, get the details from your broker, and disclose it while filing your income tax return. So uh, let me get this straight: Will I have to furnish scriptwise details if I have booked long-term capital gains during the financial year 2019-20? which is the previous financial year and what is the cbdt's objective behind seeking this information sorab so basically i think one of the biggest reason is that in february of 2018 in the budget you know 31st jan 2018 was considered as a grandfathering date and any investments done before that uh, didn't it really didn't matter as to what price did you buy it because the price on 31st january 2018 was considered as grandfather price so that you don't have to pay additional tax 
as a long term capital gain tax which was introduced in that budget not to the returns that are being filed if the exact scribbled detail is not given it is becoming difficult for the department to ascertain as to whether the calculations done for long term capital gain is fair or not so that is the whole reason behind this so why did the cbdt issue a clarification on disclosure of capital gains so actually as i said it created a lot of stir because there are you know some high volume traders who keep on trading their stocks on a very frequent basis and they felt that it would be a very daunting process to uh, you know gather all this information from their broker arrange it in a particular manner which cbdt wants and then upload it in the income tax return so the clarification which cbdt uh, gave is that it is only applicable for stocks where you have booked long term capital gain and generally because a trader is only doing transactions on a short term basis it doesn't really affect them and it is only applicable for people who have booked a long term capital gain which is which happens only after if you sell your stocks after holding for more than a year correct me if i'm wrong itr forms sort of provided this option last year too so why has scripwise disclosure resulted in so much chaos a disquiet amongst taxpayers this year so like you rightly said it was there last year also but it was not compulsory last year obviously government wanted you to give that same information last year also but if you just disclose the whole gain it it was okay but now this year it has it is made compulsory so although the provisions were there last year but now it has been made compulsory for everyone to in that it okay so what's your recommendation then so tax is one of the biggest enemy of wealth creation the other being other one being inflation so we know that tax and inflation is what really leads up into your investment so please start collecting all the required information if you have sold any shares after 1st april of 2019 specifically if they were bought more than a year back so that you can provide exact information for your investment so start gathering data from your stock brokers okay what's your quotable quote for the day so you know we i would be talking about taxation and all these expenses it's a great quote from warren buffett he says price is what you pay value is what you get to that yeah. <laughs> so uh, before you go if you want to invest or want some financial tips from you where can we reach out my friend you can put a mail to me my id is saurabh@cwa.co.in i'm also on twitter my handle is saurabhsmithal let's speak tomorrow bye 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 this is good morning mumbai with rishi k To get rid of the midweek financial blues, I highly recommend you listen to Saurabh Mittal, my finance expert who comes in every single morning and gives us these nuggets of information. Good morning, Saurabh. All well? Good morning to you all. Well, thank you so much. Saurabh, since cricket is the flavor of the season, the T20 tournament is underway. I thought uh, this would be a nice time to do an analogy and I know you love analogies as much as I do. So today, the glory of Mahendra Singh Dhoni. and why it's so difficult to spot such stories very early and this is not just from a cricketing perspective but also from a finance perspective yeah i mean like you rightly said and i think it's a great analogy that reflects on how we should really manage our personal finances and investments in particular so we all know that dhoni is such a great cricketer and he's earned such a huge fame for rightly so for himself and he retired from all forms of international cricket on 15th of august 2020 and he has achieved everything a cricketer ever dreams of whether it is a world cup on a 50 day one day match 50 over one day match or a t20 world cup and a champions trophy but interestingly on his debut he was run out for a duck now it was a silly run out yeah with the likes of yuvraj singh at the other end so it would be very easy to give up on such a young person because the competition was thick at that time and uh, it was not too much scope for a wicket keeper batsman but yet saurav ganguly and sachin tendulkar showed promise in him and obviously we will all know rest is history same way you know most retail investors want a stock that will remain make them super wealthy 
but often they get out of it or get rid of it at the first sign of trouble so let me like give you an example yeah yeah so i have a really apt example for this you know in 2008 just before the global financial crisis a company called page industries came up with the ipo along with the not so famous or you know ipo reliance power and uh, what happened was that uh, after its ipo the stock tanked by 20% and it was mainly because uh, the kenumal sundar kenumal was a promoter didn't really put in too much effort to give too much promotion to its ipo but interestingly since then the stock has went up has gone up by almost 200 times giving a return of 31% per annum you know but the, that's the whole point that you know how many of those investors who invested who applied for the ipo have actually hold on, held on to that stock since its ipo till today i think there'll be hardly anyone that you'll be finding and that's exactly what brings us to our analogy that stories like this uh, you know the dhonis and page industries of the world have significant promises in them but a lot of us you know just get rid of those investments at an early sign of trouble slow and steady that's the moral of the story what's your recommendation then so simply put you know it's tough for retail investor to have such a high conviction in untested companies or even critical players because there is so little information about them which is available to us that's why it should be best left to experts who know them closely or eventually who are paid to find such multi baggers for us well said and the quotable quote for the day would be it's a quote from jack yelton says there is a very easy way to return from a casino with a small fortune go there with a large one <laughs> <laughs> all you great gamblers please play heed uh, please pay heed uh, sort of if you want to invest or want some financial tips from me where can we reach out buddy you can put a mail to me my id saurabh@cwa.co.in i'm also on twitter my handle is saurabhsmithal let's speak tomorrow bye bye see you This is Good Morning Mumbai with Richie K. Thrilling Thursday edition of Talking Finance with Saurabh Mittal, my finance expert. He returns on the phone. Hey, I hope your friends, your family, your colleagues are okay and healthy. And you also managed to stand that uh, power outage that happened. <laughs> fortunately, so all well and fortunately all well. Thank you so much. Saurabh, there have been some changes uh, that we need to take cognizance of while filing tax returns. How does one disclose dividends and capital gains on mutual funds while filing our returns? Right, so actually capital gains are... are part of uh, your equity investment in form of mutual funds or it is in form of equity budget 2020 made the dividends taxable however for the year financial year 2019 2020 dividends were tax free so if you have earned dividends till march 31 2020 then your dividends were tax free in your hand but your fund house or the company would have deducted a dividend distribution tax which is 29.12% including tax and surcharge which is in equity mutual funds and for debt mutual fund the dividend distribution tax was 11.64% So same will be reported in the section EI of the relevant ITR, and you don't have to worry about that because it was tax free in your hand. Now in the current financial year, which is financial year 2020-2021, you would need to add dividends earned to your income, and it would be taxed as per your income tax lab. Now I have a question for you. What if someone has bought and sold many mutual fund units in the past year? including SIPs which is systematic investment plans and STPs which are systematic transfer plans is it possible to get a concise report of all these mutual fund transactions or up yes i mean a lot of people do transaction it can be quite cumbersome task to track of all the schemes that you bought and sold and especially you know for someone who has done a lump sum investment who wanted to do a lump sum investment in equity fund to an STP mode from a liquid scheme. you know generally people would park their money in liquid scheme and do an STP which is systematic transfer plan to an equity fund to reduce their risk each such transfer calls for a sale of liquid fund because you're selling a unit in liquid fund and then subsequent purchase in a equity fund 
So fortunately for us, uh, the registrar, which is Carbine Camps, primarily they do offer a help. They offer various such reports on their website that give you the details of your capital gains, dividend income, which you can be used for filing your return. You do not need to submit scheme-wise details of your dividend or capital gain tax, but segregate income earned from equity-oriented uh, schemes and debt schemes because both these categories attract a different rate of taxes. So, what's your recommendation then? So, obviously, you know, we are talking for people who are either investing directly or they are not currently serviced by their financial advisor. Otherwise, the first obvious thing to do is to uh, contact your advisor and get those reports done. But if you are not able to get that for any reason, you can obviously approach uh, these registrars and go on the website of CAMS or uh, Carvey and get those reports for you. So, technology has really helped us in making this task quite simple. Wonderful. Let's have your all-important quotable quote for the day, Saurabh. So, it's a great quote from John Coleman. He says, the point to remember is that what the government gives, it must first take away. <laughs> I, I will remember each time there are new SOPs <laughs> which I am <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, Saurabh, if we want to invest or we want some financial tips from you, where can we reach out, buddy? You can put a mail to me. My ID is Saurabh at cwa.co.in. I'm also available on Twitter. My handle is sort of S. Mittal. Let's speak tomorrow. Bye-bye. Bye. This is Good Morning Mumbai with Rishi K. Monday through Friday, Saurabh Mittal, my finance expert, comes in diligently and answers all uh, these questions that I pose to him. And here he is, back for the attack. What's up? How are you? All well, Rishi. Thank you so much. Saurabh, our finance minister announced something as regards the LTC, which is the Leave Travel Concession. So, Correct. in cashing it, spending it, would you handle us through that, please? Yes, so it's basically a form of stimulus which government is trying to provide. So our finance minister announced an optional leave travel concession cash voucher scheme. But unfortunately, this scheme is not available for all of us. It is only available for central government employees or PSU employees. So under this scheme, they can choose to encash their LTC, which is available for 10 days for income tax purpose, and receive an additional amount equal to three times their travel fare, provided they spend this amount to shop for goods attracting GST of over 12% or more. Like I said, private companies and state government are also allowed to this scheme for their employees, but the details of them are yet to be, to be made available. But I'm sure there are some conditions that one needs to fulfill. So, what would those conditions be that one needs to fulfill to be eligible for these benefits? So, since the primary objective is to boost consumption, employees opting for this scheme will have to use this amount three times the fare and one time the leave encashment amount and to purchase the goods which will attract the GST of over 12% which makes that you will actually be spending money on taxation if it not directly then in, in form of indirect taxes and the purchase will also be have to be made before the 31st of March 2021 another important thing to note is that you cannot use the amount to shop through cash you will have to mandatorily use digital payment modes and produce the GST invoice to qualify for this payout okay that's uh, fairly fairly stringent listen what's your recommendation then so supposedly it's a Good move. Uh, I'm not sure how it gets executed well, and uh, although the stringent filters of GST and GDP payment mode might be a bit challenge for someone, but ultimately, if the system gets good and the benefits get transferred, ultimately, people might be able to save some tax and boost their economy. Okay, your quotable quote for the day would be Like you said, you know, these things are very stringent and all the more confusing. So, I would want to quote Harry Truman. Is if you can't convince them, confuse them. <laughs> <laughs> a populace that is confused asks less questions. Yeah. Sort of have yourself a wonderful weekend. But before you go, in case we want to invest or we want some financial tips, where can we reach out? You can put a mail to me. My ID is Saurabh at cwa.co.in. I'm also available on Twitter. My handle is Saurabh S. Mittal. Bye. See you.